For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All eyes on the referee, Richie, towards the right. Defenders in the box, controlled by Fernandez. played across, chance here for Newcastle. And another, and it's saved on the line. Have they got it in? They can't scramble it in. It, it's gone in, it's an equaliser. The referee has looked at his watch. And from absolutely nowhere, Newcastle United have scored two goals. Deep into added on time. It is an incredible late, late show at Goodison Park. technology has given them a second here against Everton it's definitely a goal and somehow they have managed to salvage a point they've got an equaliser Was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus from Barbaras, she was heavy laden, and away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen. Oh, me lad, you should have seen him standing, passing the bus along the road just as he was standing. And all the lads and lasses there, and all the smiling faces, down the land of Scotland Road, you've seen the Bladen. Hello and welcome to CHS Radio, episode 114. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. You can follow me on Twitter at NUFC underscore Greg for your takes about the new team and anything else, really, whatever I feel like tweeting about. Uh, and to do this, pre- actually, I might not introduce him until the last 102 seconds of the match, but... Uh, or this podcast, but I I guess it would be hard to do it by myself for like the entire podcast. So let's just introduce him now. The best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, I'm excited to be here. I mean, it's a good day. Um, by the time, well, while we're recording this, um, Newcastle have confirmed the Bill Bentaleb. That's cool. We got maybe another uh, signing in the works that could be announced any moment. Oh yeah, it's a good time to be a Newcastle fan. Four points off fifth place. I mean, it's a, it's what a time to be alive. If you want to follow me for all that uh, exciting um, optimism and uh, me um, bashing any Joseph Martinez and Newcastle rumors, follow me at Elijah underscore Newsom for all the coolest tweets. Um, Greg, the coolest of the tweets. Yeah, it's true. Um, Greg, where can they follow our podcast network? You should know this. That's okay. the first thing, um, and it's at chn underscore radio. Oh, uh, and then check out the main account. This is for your match day updates too, and all the articles. That's at coming home nufc, and make sure to check out our website coming home newcastle dot com. Oh uh, yeah, Graham Bell with uh, with three coming from the top articles. rope on Jolinton. Yeah. <laughs> three articles, uh, one on. Also, we've been saying Jolinton's name wrong, but you know what. We're just going to keep rolling with it. His name is definitely Joe Ellington. No, it's it's Golinton. 
Okay. Or yeah, gold linted. Big uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, right now on the site we've got a dual linted piece up or Big Joe, a Newcastle Defying Logic piece by Graham, another piece by Graham, Greg's Day After, um, of course, your Nabil Bentaleb fix. And then, I mean, by the time this comes out, there's probably going to be some more articles, so mm. uh, be sure to be reading. Mm. Yeah. We're, we love it. Uh, so let's let's talk about this crazy, crazy match that was Newcastle at Everton. 2-2 two, two draw. Mm. Uh, what an experience this was. Yeah. Um, what going, going into the match. So, so just to go over our previews, what we said prior is you said we would win two to nothing. And I, I said we would lose two to nothing. And combined, combined, we are right. We yeah. right again. Oh, we're always right. <laughs> just killing the game. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's first start with our wonderful listeners. Three word submissions. Um, after every match, we ask you to comment three words to describe it. That way, uh, we'll read them on the podcast, and usually you guys nail it, knock it out of the park. Um, so here we go with this one. Uh, we have Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney twelve. Oh. Brucey's still shite. <laughs> Jeff Can at Jeff Can four. Never give up. Kim Avery. Uh, she had two submissions at Kim Kerfuffle. Bickford gets pissy. Oh, and then she replied to that and said, "Love to see," <laughs> which is that's good too. Uh, Jamie Elliott at won a bigger boat. I don't understand. Me neither. I don't understand his Twitter uh, handle. Well, if you want a bigger boat, how do you boat, not understand Jamie, it? Jamie, just get the boat. It, he, no one's stopping you. So it seems like you do understand. Well, I I just don't understand <laughs> why he hasn't gotten the boat yet. That's the big thing. Well, that's when he does. It's going to change to I got a bigger vote. Mm. Uh, Tune Man US at US underscore Tune Lejeune Beast Mode and George at Jordy2302 Little Arms Loses. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. There's this tweet that I saw uh, from, from Newcastle fan and he said that not even joking, my 11-year-old daughter just asked me if my arms, if her arms are bigger than Jordan Pickford's. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Which is fantastic. Um, cool. So let, let's get into this, the match. We'll, we'll start with the lineups, um, all the surprises that may or may not have come from that. I will read the, the lineups first and then hear your thoughts, Elijah. So we okay. have Dubrovka, Hayden, Fernandez, Lascelles, Clark, Richie, the Longstaffs, Atsu, Almiron, and Jolinton. Yeah, I mean, off rip, my thoughts were, um, I think a lot of people were shocked that Alan St. Maxman wasn't in the team. I was actually, I think I was pleasantly surprised would be the good word, um, because, uh, like, the guy just played 94 minutes coming off an injury. You would not want him to have to play the next match. Uh, you take a calculated L, you get him. You And honestly, you realistically don't want him to play against Oxford either. Like You want to get him as much rest as possible, get him you know, back in to, to his peak shape, all that kind of stuff. And um, it played out well for Steve Bruce. I mean, well, kind of. Christian Atsu, uh, good to see him in the team. Um, I love Isaac Hayden as a wingback. Um, let's never... Well, actually, let's keep doing it. Um, 
until our fullbacks are healthy or until we make another signing. Hint, hint. Um, but yeah, glad to see Miggy start. I honestly, I was a little concerned about the long staffs. Um, we'll get into that. But, um, you know, they've been kind of shaky as a midfield pairing this year. Individually, when paired with other people, they've both been excellent. But together, it seems like there's still a little bit of cohesion. So, um, yeah, and Joel Linton up top um, playing through a groin injury. So, just beast. Uh, yeah, and also we had uh, that... You nailed the first part. Definitely the first thought for everybody pretty much was no St. Maximin. Um, and the other thing I noticed was there's four defenders on the bench. Uh, so you had oh, yeah. Cher, Kraft, Liam Gibson uh, just got finished his loan at Crimsby. Another ginger um, in the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Tom Allen was also on the bench. Um which we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it, when the match started, it became clear what the formation was going to be, and it's our tried and true 5-4-1. You had Hayden as a right wing back. Richie was the left wing back. Almiron on the right, Atsu on the left, the long staffs in the middle, and Big Joe up top. And then it was also a surprise. The match was open. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was... Not only was it open, it was kind of ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so uh, it was clinical until the final third for both teams. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. And once any team got close, it was just abysmal. Um, I'll the, say this, Greg. People forget the last Everton match was also like this. Yeah, it was. I mean, and I, I'm surprised we really didn't mention on the preview because we were like, they should bunker, they should bunker. That's how. I mean, and like, to be fair... Like, it was kind of proven that you should have bunkered because, I mean, Everton did score two goals from open play exactly how I said they would score if we tried to play with them, like, back and forth. But, I mean, you know, we we went for it. Uh, I mean, I think it was interesting seeing Newcastle's Twitter because there was a mixture of, like, frustration, but also people couldn't really be mad because Newcastle weren't bunkering. So, yeah. Um yeah, it was, it was essentially so that just to tell you how bad the final third was. The first shot of the match came from Everton in the 16th minute. That was the first shot, not on target, like the actual just first shot, <laughs> um, which is very rare. We go 16 minutes without even just that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was great play in the middle by both sides, uh, but the final third was literally nothing. Yeah, um, but right when that 16th minute, right when that first shot started. Things just took, went shifted right to Everton's side. Um, it was, um, yeah, just all Everton. Um, yeah, I mean, there there's really that you can't even say like had. it was one individual player. It was just they were in, in heavily involved. Yeah, they started pressing pretty high on us, and then Matty Longstaff, I remember, had a pretty big turnover. He like. Saddle the ball too long in our own territory, and Everton just took it from him. And also, Clark had a really bad turnover, just a, a panic pass. But um, Newcastle were able to clear, and then one time they wouldn't. And it's uh, in the 30th minute, Everton got their first goal, um, one nothing. Uh, Keen got it. First they goal won. of the Premier League for him. Yeah, yeah, it was awful defending for Newcastle. The it's ball was. Bad. Chipped right over the back three um, to Keane, and he took a bad touch and 
he still had enough time to recover because there was nobody there, and he just slotted the ball under Dubravka. Elijah, what is your take there? Um, I mean, that you kind of summed it up pretty well. Um, it was just a, a a very bit of awful defending, and you know, it it you know if you give up a goal that easily, it and you continue to play the same way we have with the lack of attacking options on the bench. I think our my first thought was this could get ugly, um, and then my second thought was if we bunker down in the second half because this was this was a little bit before halftime. If we bunker down in the second half, maybe we have a chance at getting a goal and drawing, at, you know, out of a set piece or, you know, a one counterattack. Um, I mean, it, it kind of sucked because, I mean, it's just a, a really, like you said, just awful defending. So, Yeah, just pretty bad defending. <laughs> um, yeah, and the rest of the the first half, it was it just went back to, to all Everton. They were just relentlessly attacking. The only bright spot in this first half – is Amaran, and yeah, and this again. is becoming a trend. Um, he was just again, once again, so active. He was coming back to defend, taking the ball and breaking the attack. And then when we got the attack that wasn't Amaran, they would get it to Amaran, and then Amaran yeah. would bring the ball forward. Um, and right before halftime, Amaran joined Jolinton up top, and and they moved Atsu into the like ten free roaming role. Uh, but there wasn't enough time to actually. And act upon that. So it ended halftime, one nothing Everton. Uh, what's your overall thoughts in the first half? Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit a spot on. Miggy was all over the place. Um, a little, I think, all over the place in a good way. Yeah, in a good yeah. way. Um, yeah, it was just electric. I think the big thing for me, honestly, was um, seeing Newcastle trying to play open, and you could see why you'd want to bring in a guy like Nabil Bentaleb who can actually be a link between defense and offense because the the retention in the middle of the pitch was, was just not great. Um, and not just the long staffs, but everyone who tried to bring the ball in the middle of the pitch, from Miggy to the long staffs to Atsu, who was just awful, um, to Joel Linton. It, no one could hold the ball for more than or, – or shield the ball or anything for more than a few seconds. It, it felt rushed for Newcastle. Um, and, you know, yes – there was you had to deal with the press, but the the thing with Everton's press is that if you're able to if you're able to have a guy who can retain the ball can be somewhat patient, then you know there's a lot of space that can be exploited and exposed. And Newcastle, if they had a player like Ben Sleb in the team, you know they could have created a little bit more chances and not have have left Miggy on an island by himself. Um, so I know it was just that was a big thing for me. It was a glaring need for someone to really be able to step in and take defense and the offense, retain the ball, be able to deal with the press, be able to make simple passes and things like that. Yeah. Great. Or well said. Great said. I almost said great said. That wouldn't have You wanted to say great analysis and well said, but you said great said. Yeah. Uh, so second half started and we came out of a different formation. We had a 3-5-2, mm-hmm. um, but it was... Atsu was he dropped back to join the Longstaffs, and then Almiron was playing just off of Jolinton up top. Um, that didn't really do much, so we instead nine minutes after the the second half started, we got Everton's second goal by Calvert Lewin. Um, it and yeah, that was the goal. Okay, no, no. Well, I, 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 okay, yeah, I'll give I'll give the whole thing. So. 
So they, they actually hit the bar, and then uh, they were able to bring the ball back again, and it was LaSalle's fault completely. And my player to watch out for, Dine. Yeah, I was he about to said, say, that was your boy. Yeah, he actually he dominated this match. Um, Except for the, the end. Yeah, well, nobody <laughs> played well at the end, not even us. Yeah. <laughs> like, Everton fans were literally, like, the Everton uh, SB Nation account was like, this is why we need to sell Digne, like, so great in attack, cool. but, like, offers nothing in defense, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, as you were saying. All right, sell him to us. Imagine yeah, if he was like, our we'll, fullback. We'll take Holy him. crap. Yeah. Holy crap, we would be, our, our defense would score so much more. Yeah. He leads her yeah. team in, in assists by, like, two or three. Like, Gosh. he's nasty. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he sent he sent the ball in to Calvert Lewin, and and he had all the time in the world because Lascelles he decides to play the ball, which is like you have to be smart when to play the ball. And Lascelles, some you know, he's made mistakes before, but most of the time he's smart with this. Like most defenders love the like think they have to play the ball, but you just, you have to play the player in the box. Mm. Um, and he doesn't. He goes for the ball. He misses. Uh, Calvert Lewin. Has the ball. He's able to turn. Crushes the ball into the net. Clark tried to come over to deflect it, but he it was he was too far away. Uh, two nothing. Everton a pretty easy goal for him. Elijah, what yeah. you got? I mean, I was a little upset because I put in my preview that Calvert Lewin wouldn't score because Newcastle would have, you know, focused on him and his ability to find himself in perfect spaces. Um, in order to just get tap ins and easy goals, like he just is really good at that. Um. And so I was a little upset. It was inevitable. Um, yeah, I mean, shout out to Digne. Him and uh, freaking uh, Bernard were monsters this whole match. Like, it was insane. So shout out to them, too. That whole left side was unreal. And, and this was kind of a resulting goal out of that because all of them got involved in that. Yeah. So sh- shout out to them. Shout out. I give a lot of shout outs on this podcast. Yeah, you're. I mean, but people love getting shouted out at. Yeah, I'm sure Lucas Dinge is a long-time listener and is going to tweet us, like, oh, thanks for the shout-out, Elijah. Yeah. Um, then, so after shortly after this goal, the substitute started, we took Atu off, who was probably our worst player. Um, Atu, fun stat, he didn't complete one cross the entire match. Yeah, as a winger. Let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's remind people. Well, in, only in the first half. Okay. But still, then he was moved to like a free ranging ten, and then was put, in which the is still bad because yeah. he could. Oh just... no, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like brutal. Um, That's a Jose Perez numbers right there. Yeah. Oh. Graf moved into the right wing back spot, and Hayden was pushed into the midfield alongside the Longstaffs. Sean which... was in the middle, Maddie was on the left, and Hayden was on the right. And then Almiron and Big Joe were literally two strikers, like. Miggy wasn't playing off of Joe anymore. He was fully forward. Um, Everton still continued to dominate. Dominate. And then we made another sub. Clark came off for Lejeune. This ended up being a pretty incredible sub. Yeah. And and we'll get to that. (laughs) Um, So I got mad at this part. I'll admit it. Um, I think everyone was. Everyone we, was doing old take exposed on themselves because everyone was pissed yeah. that we brought on a defender down to nothing when we had. It was one of those. Everyone's like, "You have nothing to lose at this point. Put on Tom Allen." Yeah, we we had zero strikers on the bench. The only attacking player was Tom Allen. 
and we brought in Lejeune, we took a center back off for center back. And at that point, that was in the 70th minute, we had zero shots in the second half and no chances in the entire game. Um, he didn't have many options to improve those chances, but he did have one and potentially two in Shelby, but like you don't know how healthy he is. But you had at least one chance to try. Yeah. Um, after this, it was eight minutes before our next sub, and it was like Dubrovka had to make two amazing saves. This was the probably right around where Everton looked their best right at this yeah. point. Um, Dubrovka just consistently keeping us in matches. It's amazing. Um, and then the 78th minute, we subbed off Jolinton for Fabian Sharp. And to be fair... Like we said, and Mark Douglas pointed this out, Joel Linton came into this match with a groin injury, played the entire, like, a good chunk of it with the groin injury, and eventually that was why he got subbed off was, I mean, he was, like, limping, so not yeah. great. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Um, it, same thing. We subbed off a striker for a center back. Even the announcers were like, what are they doing? And um, Tom Allen's got to be a little bummed. He, I, you know, in in a situation like this, when you're down two nothing, he could get his debut here. He he deserves a little reward for his performance against Rochdale, um, and maybe he'll get it this coming weekend. But I, I, um, I maybe he gets a start. You have to listen to our preview pod to yeah, see what I think. You'll have to. You'll have to. Um, but it it just seemed like we weren't even going to try to get anything out of it. So the, this substitution was also interesting because it caused hella confusion. <laughs> There was points where you saw Hayden and Cher like talking to each other during the game because they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing and where they were supposed to be lining up. Um, Almiron became the lone striker. Hayden and the long staffs were behind him. Cher moved into the back three and then two wing backs. But it, they were so discompopulated. I I was like, oh man, we've we've lost it. Like we're we're not in any formation. We have no idea. There's no form. There's no lines that we're filling. There's no holes we're filling into on attack. We're just like not doing a single thing. Um, right before the ninety minute, we did have our first like actual chance, and it was a corner from Richie Fernandez rose up to the highest highest to get the ball, and he headed across the goal. It was deflected, but Pickford saved it. Um, Isn't that like also when we actually figured out our formation and it ended up being like Cher as a holding midfielder in front of the long uh, with long, with Matt sorry with Sean playing as a striker alongside Maggie. Uh Sean. So Sean wasn't playing as a striker. Um, According he did, to Steve Bruce, he he was. Oh yeah, so I ah. Uh, I mean, Steve is probably right. I didn't see that. I saw him come up to more With, of yeah. an attacking midfielder spot. Well, that's but, what he said. He said he said we had he said we went to a formation when Cher went on where um, they, he said there was a bit of confusion, but eventually we settled in as Cher as a holding midfielder with Hayden and Maddie in front of him, with Almiron up top and Sean in behind him as a, as another forward. And he said Sean, he said Longies played as a forward before. And I was like, I don't know if that's true, Steve Bruce, mm-hmm. but sure. And he said, so that's what we had to do. We don't have any strikers. No one is fit. <laughs> he said <laughs> that to Sky. Like, like this interview is like, you know, internationally televised and just admitted, like, basically, 
it was a bubble a bumble slump at the end. I didn't want to say the F word, but you know what I wanted to say. Yeah, but but he's also wrong because like you had an attacking player on the bench. So yes, well you didn't have a forward. That's what he said. We don't have any forwards. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had that chance, and all hope is lost. And I actually I turned off the match. Oh no! I, I did it. No, uh, no, I'm the reason we uh, we drew. Okay, you're gonna take that route. Okay, cool. Oh, I'll take that route 100. <laughs> percent I'm like that Chiefs guy who left it after the first. Yeah. Quarter. Well, I'm gonna take the route of they won because I stayed and watched. Oh. I now I, I didn't give up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't give up. I just you know I had to. I was at work. I was doing my job. I don't know if you were doing your job at work. You know. No, I'm never. Okay. Um. At least you're then honest. it happened. The the goal, and it was like there was no celebration at all for this goal. Yeah. The fourth minute of injury time, um, it was a great goal, but Cher took a shot and it went to the ground and bounced right to Lejeune, who bicycle kicked it into the net. Um, it was a great effort. It was poor goalkeeping. Um, yeah, awful goalkeeping. Pickford didn't even try, and. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, two to one. Congrats. Was that uh, off a corner? It looked like it was off a corner. Yeah, yeah. It was, and then Cher headed it across, but like, I, it went it went straight into the ground, but across and popped up, and that Talajun was able to get to bicycle kick it, smash and grab. Mm-hmm. So then, <laughs> then it happened. This was this is crazy. This this is crazy that we are even able to like. How could we even be talking about this on yeah. a podcast that this happened? So when there's a clip out there at the 94th minute, we were down two to nothing. Like it said, 94, zero, zero. We were down two, nothing. Oh, two, zero, not zero, zero. Hmm? You said zero, zero. Yeah. 94, zero, zero was the clock. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were yeah, saying sorry. the score was zero zero, and I was like, "Well, that's just inaccurate." <laughs> My bad. Um, so, a hundred and two seconds after that, team was over, and we drew. Like that's just imagine that. Um, so I don't. No one really knows what happens here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best to. Well, we we know how it happened, but like just the whatever happened in front of the net. Um, we, we eventually were able to get a free kick. Um, it was a, it was, I think it was a terrible Richie foul that took it. Yeah. It was a stupid yeah. foul. It was right off the kickoff mm-hmm. and we, Newcastle had three guys on the line ready to press. It was Mickey, Sean and Matt on the line, ready to press and they press, win the ball. And then they're immediately one of them. I think Richie, it was, I think mean, it might've been Mickey or actually I think it was Sean who, who won it and was like immediately fouled. Yeah. And it was like. It was so dumb because if you're honestly all you have to do is is somewhat defend and you see this out because it was the 94th minute. So you they literally there was one chance. Like if they retained possession or if they won the ball back, like the game would have been over. Yeah. But they fouled. Yeah. So so Richie hits the free kick. It makes it over the defenders all over all of them. Yeah. And it gets to Fernandez. He's able to keep the ball in and he fires a shot that rifles off the bar. And then <laughs> it was a, just a complete pandemonium scramble in front of the net. And Pickford made a save initially that put him into 
in in the net, like yeah. a yard in the net. Yeah. And then Lejeune was able to get a hold of the ball and just flicked it at directly at Pickford. But because he was in the net, the ball fully crossed the line. Yeah. And, and Newcastle he, United scored. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing was, at first, the goal was awarded to Isaac Hayden because when that shot from, um, I think it was, what did you say, it was Fernandez, right off the bar, it fell right to Hayden, who hit it on the half volley, and that was the initial save Pickford made. Yeah. And he's like, he dove for it because it was actually a really good shot, and he's getting up, and Lejeune hits it, like, barely, it's like a... You could say it was a half volley, but he kind of, like you said, it was kind of more of a flick. Yeah, he flicked he, it at him. He kind of whiffed a little bit. Um, and like you said, it just went right back to, <laughs> to Pickford. And he deflected it. And then there was like a moment where like there's like four guys just kicking the ball at Pickford. <laughs> and then the goals awarded to Pickford just yeah. has a, a tipper tantrum. Looking looking back at it, you can actually see the, you see the ref look at his watch because they have the goal line tech on their watch. And the watch is signaling goal, and you see him point, and the player, that's when everyone freaks out. They're like, yeah. holy crap, we, we just did it. Um, they kick off right after, whistle blows, game. We got a point out of nothing. Yeah. We Literally looked exhausted. We lacked quality. But they never quit. And that's the, that's the thing, that's the theme that's coming up with from this team. Last two matches, we scored at the depth. At, at the, I said depth. At the depth. Um, and that's like why you begin to love this version of Newcastle United, because yeah. as bad as they may look, as boring as they are to watch, they believe that they can get it done, uh, and they don't stop. So you have to stand up and, and applaud. Like miserable performance by the players, a miserable performance by Steve Bruce, but the mindset that this, these players have have to be applauded. It's incredible what we're seeing. Yeah. And, and for like when we were talking about miserable performance from the players, um, I mean I know Fat Mob is not uh, Fat Mob is just uh, my app for scores, but it's a good gauge on like just general ratings. There's like there's no player above a seven besides Mark du- Mark Martin Dubrovka, and mm-hmm. then on the bench, Florian Lejeune, man of the match, eight point four. Like not a great match all around, and. Like you said, the, the 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 never quitting, the working hard, those attributes are just becoming what Newcastle fans love. And it's like, you know, I I think the only player fans love because of you know their their savvy or their swag or their technical ability is is Alan Saint Maxman. Everyone else is like all about maybe John Joe because he pings balls, but like even Almiron, like people they don't notice the stuff Greg notices and that I notice. They love Almiron because he works his ass off. And they love Matt Ritchie because he works his ass off. They don't yeah. care that Matt Ritchie was like one of the most inaccurate crossers of last season, or the fact that, um, or the fact that Isaac Hayden has a lot of silly challenges, or the fact that Matty Longstaff runs a lot but also has a lot of silly challenges. Like they don't care about any of that. They just care the fact that the team works hard, gives a hundred percent, and they're in situations like this at the end of matches where they're walking away, having stolen a point away at Goodison Park. Again, for the second time in a, in a second time in, second year in a row, we've just gone into Goodison Park and somehow walked away with the result. When if you looked at the whole match, you'd be like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing, amazing stuff. Um, let's so let's take a break. Yeah, and right then there. we're going to move to quotes and all the other fun stuff after that. Sound good with you? Yeah. All right, let's do it right after this. 
Okay, we are going to quotes now. And gotta love quotes after this. <laughs> after a game like this, Steve Bruce said, It's quite remarkable. I can't fault the players for their endeavor. Jolton was struggling after 50 minutes. I nearly put a center half up front. Oh my God, I would have. We would have. Could you imagine Twitter? Well, they would have. They honestly, I think people would have. Would have. I feel like they would have been more receptive to that if you subbed off Joel Linton for Fabian Share and put him up as a front and put him on top. Yo, I think people would have been like, you know what? F it. it if it works, it works. <laughs> no, I I disagree. I think people would like people would have complained a lot. But like uh, Newcastle also, United, our center backs are actually playing striker. You know that's how Twitter would have reacted. To yeah, it. It, it's annoying because they they've joked about our center backs playing playing striker this whole season. Yeah, but once it actually happens, they're all <laughs> pissed about it. Like that, you're right. That's a hundred percent what it would have happened. And exactly. I would have been I would have done some deep digging and just exposed everyone. <laughs> actually, I wouldn't have. I don't have time for that. But I I would have thought that's a good idea and would have maybe considered it, but not have done it. <laughs> So, and he continues to say, we keep showing determination. We were a tired team tonight, but we fought a bit. We found, Oh, sorry. But we found a bit of energy from somewhere. Uh, when we scored, Mike Dean said there was 40 seconds left. And you're thinking, can we score in 40 seconds? We rode our luck, certainly, but they never gave up. There's a good spirit and attitude in this team. We looked tired, but we played people out of position. We didn't have much coming off the bench in terms of forward players, but the attitude was fantastic. It's a wacky game, that's for sure, but it's great. It just shows you shouldn't leave a game early. <laughs> uh, great stuff from Brucey there. Going to the Premier League table, how everything panned out after the weekend. You know, it's not fair. It's not fair. Okay. We scored two goals at the death, and we lose, we lose positions. We lose spots on the table. Yeah, and we almost we almost actually would have gained spots if Arsenal didn't have an also somewhat equally remarkable comeback themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We actually moved up to twelfth right after the match, but then we dropped two spots to fourteenth. And it's because of goal differential. There are five teams that have thirty points: Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Everton, Burnley, and us. Um, So. That's pretty crazy <laughs> to think about. That's 10 to 14 uh, spots, all have the same amount of points. We have the lowest goal difference of all of them, um, and all of them are in the negative. So I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, Southampton is in ninth. <laughs> like, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It, Sheffield's it, in eighth. Not a good team either. Uh, yeah, but Newcastle are literally – we're four points – from a Europa League spot, and we're seven from relegation. So it's a crazy time we live in. And and to be honest, we are now ten points away from safety. And even in a wacky season like this, like I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't really look like the bottom three. It it seems like there's a, a noticeable gulp in in quality recently. Yeah. With the yep. bottom three and everyone else, I think earlier it was it was a it was like oh, I don't know, but now it's you're kind of seeing it, and now like as other teams are reinforcing, seeing the the, the folks in the bottom three not really being able to reinforce due to just cash, et cetera, et cetera, like or their reinforcements are uninspiring to say the least. I, I do think you know the writing's on the wall for for the bottom three. Um, 
But yeah. Yep. Uh, Elijah, do you have any stats? Uh, <laughs> come on, Greg. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, usually you're you're the pregame stat guy. Uh, yeah, huge pregame stat uh, I have some stat stats. Guy. You ready? Yeah, I mean, you go in at it. You never We're play. unbeaten since our New Year's Day loss to Leicester. That's, that's fact. And congrats to Florian Lejeune because he became Newcastle's 148th Premier League scorer and the second, or sorry, the 22nd player to score for Newcastle from France. I Can't wonder what number two players. I'm joking. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder what number player uh, Hatimbin Arfa is one of them. Probably. I don't know. No, he definitely Debushi. Kabai. Kabai. Yeah, we just name uh, French players. Sissoko. Like, just there's a lot yeah. of them. Um, I wonder which play. Like, I wonder if he because there's got to be other players, but I wonder which number player he is to score a brace in their day in like as their first two goals. That's actually a, a great thing. I don't have the answer for that, though. I mean, I, I didn't I, think you would because I, I didn't, like, prep you and be like, hey, Greg, look this up. I just <laughs> thought of it just now. So, But if someone's listening and wants to look it up, yeah, please do. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that was Newcastle's first Premier League goal from a substitute this season. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that makes sense, actually. Well, it should. We were the only Premier League team to not have a goal from a substitute until that moment. But it makes sense because all of our goals, well, a lot of our goals were from defenders, and we don't have a lot of dynamic forwards off the bench. Yeah. So, it's I mean, I guess you'd be surprised Andy Carroll hasn't scored yet. Mm-hmm. Like, for all the crap Joel, people are giving Joe Ellington, um, remember, he's the only striker in the team that scored yeah. a goal this season. So. Um, it was the very, it was the first time ever, it was club history, that Newcastle has scored two goals in the second half of added time. It's never happened before. So I'm we witnessed surprised. that. Um, going to some X stats, expected stats. We lost the XG matchup, no surprise there. We ended up with .6 expected goals. Everton had 2.05. Um, so in theory, like two to nothing, two to one was the what they were expecting. Um, Florian Lejeune led in XG with 0.33. So, like, it shows even his chances weren't even, like, shouldn't have even been goals, but he scored. Um, and Isaac Hayden led the team with 0.12 expected assists, which is not good. Um, PPDA, we talked about this. It's passes allowed per defensive action. We mentioned this is more of an open game. So, last match against Chelsea we gave up 25 this time we only gave up 15 so it showed that way less possession was happening Um, Everton gave up 10 and that's probably the highest I've seen in a while (laughs) from Newcastle Um, Um, expected points Newcastle was supposed to have .39 expected points so they're expected to lose Everton had .2.44 Sunderland are in League 1 who scored rankings they ranked. Well, I just named the the players that had a seven or higher. We had Florian Lejeune, an eight point one. Isaac Hayden, a seven point two seven, and Elijah. Trivia time. What other Newcastle player had a seven? There's only one other. Uh, Martin Dubravka. Yep. Bing bing. I mean, you could pretty much pencil him as in as a seven for every match. I'm surprised Amaron didn't get to seven. 
I mean, he as much as uh, as dynamic he was, I'm sure that he has a lot of um, lost possession because yeah. he he was having to like hold up play and there was no one there with him. So similar to the amount of times Joel Linton has lost possession, it's just mere circumstance and yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> just mere. I like how that said though. Mere yeah. circumstance. Um, going to five thirty eight is 538 just projects how the season's going to go. And they have, we, we're moving up again, y'all. It's time. Get hype. Um, Newcastle are projected to finish in 13th place on 44 points. We have a 9% chance to get relegated and a 7% chance on a top 10 finish. Um, the relegated teams right now are Aston Villa, Burnmouth, and Norwich. Hmm. Cool. Super nifty. Um, we're going to take another break right now, oh, and then we're going to get you our best players. Uh, we'll do that right now. Let's get it. Elijah? Yes, sir. Do you have any players that you'd like to criticize outside of Atsu? Outside of Atsu? I mean, gonna... I think I think you I think you disagreed with me on this, but I do think the Longstaff brothers weren't particularly great as a unit this game. Um, I just, I mean... The midfield struggled in general, regardless of who was in there. Um, it just, you know, you you kind of expect them to be the link between offense and defense, defense and offense, whatever you want to call it, and be able to retain possession. And they just weren't able to do that. I think their energy was great. They were they were solid defensively, but where they were lacking was just offensively. And to be fair, all of Newcastle, like the whole team, was not that great outside of Miguel Amiron and retaining possession and moving the ball and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of get the focal point for me outside of yeah. that too. Yeah. I mean, they had 15 good minutes and then that was about it. So I get yeah. it. Uh, best player. I mean, can you not say Florian Lejeune? Yeah. <laughs> he I only mean, played 25 total minutes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it was a pretty good 25 total minutes. Yeah, it was a great total, twenty-five total minutes. Um, I would say Martin Dubrovka again. Just yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I feel like I always say this on this podcast. We don't give him enough love. He doesn't get enough love, and we then give him love. But it also just doesn't feel like it's enough love because, mm. like, without Martin Dubrovka, I, I don't know. I don't think Newcastle are they're they're not as safe as as I just said they were. Yeah, a few minutes back. So yeah, no, I'm with it. Um, okay. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to say um, on this match? Um, Look at that. We, we made good time and everything, too. Yeah. Uh, enjoy this. This should be a good one for you folks who have a commute in an actual city. So uh, <laughs> by the time I'm saying these words, you should be pulling in, getting ready yep. to park, and you can stall a little bit longer if you need to. <laughs> Love it. Well, that concludes episode 114 of chn radio i am your host greg troxel this is the best damn co-host in the land elijah newsome and the best song in the land coming home newcastle we'll see ya oh, make sure you listen to oxford preview oh. and away the laps love you guys it's cold up there in summer it's like sitting inside a fridge but i wish i was on the case side looking at the old time bridge i'm coming home newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle 
if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher turns in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river time. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny Howe. I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St James's Park in the Gallagher End in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny Howe. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. Brave the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain.